Hey, Will I Like It listeners, do you like a good cup of coffee, one that's rich, flavorful, and ethically sourced? Then you need to check out Dynasty of Coffee, a Yorkshire-based online coffee business that offers a range of expertly crafted blends. All of their coffee is roasted to order to ensure freshness, and they're committed to nurturing the well-being of both individuals and the planet. Whether you're a fan of a bold, strong coffee or a smooth and mellow one, Dynasty of Coffee has a blend for you. Their four main blends are inspired by different British dynasties, Saxon, Viking, Tudor, and a decaf Hanoverian. So if you're looking for a delicious and ethically sourced cup of coffee, head to dynastyofcoffee.co.uk today and use the code SAXON10, that's SAXON, all capital letters, 10, at checkout for 10% off your first order. Enjoy! Welcome back to the Will I Like It podcast. I'm your host, Craig. And today my guest is Raymond Rowe from WWE. How are you doing? Hello. I'm, I'm great, man. Thanks for having me. We've uh, I think we've been talking about this podcast for like four or five months, maybe more. Uh, so I think, I think uh... you were one of the first people that I asked when I started the show, which was November 22. <laughs> um, so it's been a while <laughs> that sounds about right that sounds about right and that and and just it, to clear up any what's it, that's a hundred percent on me uh oh, no, I, you I, need we, permission we should, to come we, on there don't you so it's, yeah it's but but then but then i had permission and i just forgot about it for a long long time <laughs> yeah it was uh that's a, that's yeah. all me that's a hundred percent me craig craig did what he was supposed to <laughs> it's not like you've got anything else going on right <laughs> well yeah you know you know yeah I mean, yeah, we'll get into all that. So, um, yeah, I've had anyone that's listened to the last episode, Sarah was on the last one. Um, and so your reenactors, your wrestlers, your homesteaders, your hunters, like you do a lot. And parents, yeah. of course. I, I miss yeah, Cash. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Cash. That's, <laughs> and I feel like that's the, you know, that that's the one that takes the most time and energy is uh, chasing that little monster around. Yeah, man. So, yeah, I thought initially we would go into a bit about your career as a, a wrestler. Sure. I mean, it's not something that I've said this before, so anyone that watched Sarah's would know I, I'm not up to date on wrestling too much. I've watched a little bit recently of you guys on YouTube and stuff, just to try and do some research. Um, but yeah, so your interest in wrestling initially, I'm assuming that you were a fan growing up. Oh, yeah. I um, I actually... Uh, watching wrestling on Sunday mornings with my father is some of my earliest memories. Um, yeah. and he and I actually used to go to a different church service than the rest of the family uh, so that we could be home in time to watch like Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant, uh, Sergeant Slaughter and Macho Man. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, uh, nine years older than Sarah. So like a lot of my introduction to wrestling happened a lot earlier in my life and a lot earlier in wrestling. So like, you know, I, I remember... I was I was still in grade school, um, you know, uh, or primary school when um, like Hulk Hogan was fighting the Ultimate Warrior, and yeah. I remember getting into a getting into a my first ever fist fight uh, was because I was a diehard Hulkamaniac, and and a kid in my class was the Ultimate Warrior, you know, he he supported the yeah. Ultimate Warrior, you know, and I don't remember who 
who said what first, but, you know, he was telling me that Hulk Hogan sucked and I was telling him that, you know, the ultimate warrior sucked. And then, you know, words led to fists and that, you know, we were, you know, second or third grade and, you know, we're yeah. punching each other on the playground. And um, I remember getting into like, we had to have a conversation about where, where wrestling fit in, in life and what was important <laughs> for our school and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. But I, uh, yeah, like that was my, my, some of my, my earliest memories and most fond memories of my, um, my childhood are, uh, involved wrestling, watching wrestling, uh, beating up other kids on the playground about wrestling, you know, <laughs> you know, normal, normal stuff. I can remember one of my cousins laying into me once because I said that Brett the Hitman Heart was shit. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> can't say and that. he was a big fan. <laughs> yeah, <like>, right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's, uh, that's um, those, those are fighting words where I'm where I'm. <laughs> so, at what point did you realize that it was something that you that a was a career and b was something that you wanted to pursue? So um, when I was, uh, I wasn't quite in middle school yet. So I was in fifth grade and my dad told me um, that if I wanted to be a pro wrestler when I grew up, the best path for that was to become an amateur wrestler. Now, whether that's true or not, I don't know, but that's what my dad told me. Um, so I joined like my school's wrestling team and uh, I was really upset to figure out that we couldn't swing steel chairs or jump off the top rope. <laughs> um, and but then I but through that, I developed a love for amateur wrestling. And I spent my entire childhood, you know, amateur wrestling. And I, you know, wrestled all through high school. And in the two years of college that I attended, I, I was, um, you know, I competed in, in amateur wrestling at a very high level. Um, I, you know, I traveled the country. I got to see things that I wouldn't have seen if I wasn't an amateur wrestler. Um, so like, I, I, I really, really loved that and it helped, you know, dedicate, you know, helped develop my athleticism and my, you know, my, my strength base and my whatever leverage and stuff like that, that actually has really, really helped in my professional career. Um, I did, my dad ended up being right, whether or not he knew that at the time, or he was just trying to get me onto the wrestling team. Um, it, it did be, it, it did become, you know, some, lay the groundwork for that. And then as, um, when I was in high school, uh, my one of my high school wrestling coaches, his younger brother was a pro wrestler. And so he, uh, you know, he he grabbed me at one point and, you know, he everybody knew I was a giant wrestling fan. And and he was like, hey, you really want to do this pro, you know, stuff and like really kind of disrespectful about it, like real dismissive. And I was like, yeah, coach, I do. I, I really want to do that. Um, and, uh, he was like, well, if you're going to do it, you should do it right. My brother is a pro wrestler. And that's the first time he had that first conversation he and I had ever had. I didn't even know he had brothers. And I, and I was like, oh man, what, you know? So then I, you know, he put me in contact with him. That guy started training me. Um, that his, his name was, uh, was actually his, his wrestling name was beef stew Lou Marconi, which is the coolest pro wrestling <laughs> name ever. Uh, nice. and then, you know, he, he started training me and then through, through him, where I was, where I was training, I, I ended up, um, uh, running into another guy named Josh Prohibition, who was another, who was a fellow straight edge kid. Um, and I, I worked with Josh. Uh, so I started with Lou for like maybe two or three months and then Lou had some life stuff that he stepped out, Josh stepped in and I trained with Josh for the next year. Um, like, you know, two, three times a week, uh, you know three, four, five, six hours a day. Like, I mean, you know, I, I, I basically lived, uh, you know, part-time with Josh, uh, 
and like Josh took me to my first like shows. Like I remember, you know, cause I was still in high school at that time. Like he brought whatever little, you know, piece of shit car he was driving. He drove over to my mom's house and like had to, my mom had to meet him before I was allowed to like drive six hours away, uh, you know, to go, go join the circus with, with them. So it was, um, it was, a it was a, it was a cool thing. And like, I'm still friends with Josh now. Like we're, you know, he's in his, in his, you know, early forties, I'm about to be 40 this year. And like talking back all this, you know, I met him when I was like 17, 18 years old, you know, like just getting into wrestling and like, uh, yeah. it's, it's kind of cool to still have those, those friendships that last that long through, through wrestling. But it was, it was in high school when I realized like, Oh, I could do this. And then I never thought that I would do it for, a living. I always kind of thought that it was going to be a thing that I did and I didn't really make money at, but it was a thing that I wanted to do. Like, you know, Sarah and I, she might've explained it this way too. Like independent pro wrestling is a lot like independent music, right? Where there's, there's yeah. small bands that play in bars and country and, and nightclubs and stuff like that all across the country, all across the UK. Um, and they might make a couple hundred dollars, but then they've got to go back to their real job on Monday. And then, you know, but they're, they're a big deal for those two, three hours yeah. when they're on stage. And then, you know, they go back and they're whatever they're, you know, they're working at a, at a, you know, working at a grocery store the rest of the week. Um, but then, yeah. you know, on the weekend they're on tour and they're doing their thing and they're a rock star. And like, that's what I kind of thought my wrestling career would be. And that's what it really was for a really long time. And then eventually I, um, I got a break with a company called ring of honor that signed me to a full-time contract that put me on national TV. Um, and then ring of honor led me to new Japan ring of honor, uh, led me, um, actually put me together with, with Todd, um, Todd Hansen, who became my tag team partner. Um, one of my yeah. best friends who is still my tag team partner now. Uh, but that led ring of honor led us to new Japan. And then New Japan was is like the number one wrestling company in Japan and probably like the number two or number three wrestling company in the world. Um, they're they're a super prestigious, you know, they're they're like when I went to New Japan, I was like, I've made it. This is what I'm gonna do for the rest <laughs> of my life. The, it was it was the best thing. It was it was a dream come true. Yeah. Um and then in New Japan, uh WWE came calling. And I at first I was like uh, this can't be real. Like, there's no way that they want us to come there, you know, and fast forward. Like we just celebrated our six year anniversary of signing with WWE. Um, and it's, you know, every, and I feel like it's as crazy as that is like, we've, we've now been, um, uh, Todd and I have been a tag team inside WWE longer than we were a tag team outside of WWE, even though a lot of our, like a yeah. lot of the fans who, who know us really knew us from our ring of honor days or our Japan days. And they, excuse me, they talk about that a lot, or they still call us by the names that we were using back then. Um, and like, we've been, we've existed as a tag team together longer now in the wwe than before the wwe which is which is mind-blowing like he and i were just talking about this yesterday um yeah. and uh because it was we just we just passed the six year six year mark of us being hired by wwe um and like and in some ways it's it feels like he and i are are just getting started with wwe like there's so much more we have to do there's so much more like potential that um we're capable of doing and we're looking forward to doing and like it's a it's a really exciting time to be wrestling like re i feel like we're in a we're in a wrestling pro wrestling renaissance right now where 
everywhere you look, every company is succeeding. Every, every, all the talent are getting opportunities and they're, they're able to make careers of this and they're able to, you know, um, pursue their art form on a, on a level and, and in front of an audience that didn't exist when, when, you know, I started wrestling back in 2003. Um, you know, it really has exploded over the last 10 years. And, um, and it's, it's, it's an, it's an amazing thing to watch happen from, from the inside and from the outside. Yeah. Cause I guess it probably back in the days when you were watching with Hulk Hogan was probably almost when it peaked back then, I guess. And then it kind of leveled off for a while. So it's coming back. Yeah. And to... like it, you know, wrestling is, is like any other entertainment field that like there's, you know, peaks and valleys and there's cycles where yeah. it's, you know, it's going to be really, really, really popular. And then it kind of goes down and then, you know what I mean? Like it's, mm. it's, it's just that cycle of, of, of entertainment. You know what I mean? You can do the same in, yeah. in Hollywood where like for like five or six years, all you see is big budget, you know, sword and sandal movies. And then for, and then they go away for a while and now it's, you know, romantic, whatever, or, you know, it's yeah. world war two movies. And then, and then that happens for a little while and then something else comes and then, you know what I mean? It's like, um, mm. That same thing happens in every every field of entertainment and uh, pro wrestling yeah. is no different. And like the cool thing about pro wrestling is that we're able to adapt to those um, those uh, trends and those, you know, kind of uh, mm. pop culture and, and, and the way that goes to where we can evolve our entertainment style and we can evolve our presentation to stay relevant in a way that some other kind of entertainment forms can't. Um, yeah. So it's a, a really interesting and dynamic entertainment form uh, because it has that live element. You know, it's like live theater, right? Like every time you go in, in a wrestling ring, you're in front of, you know, 100, 1,000, 10,000, you know, 100,000 people. And you're able to interact with them in a way that you can't just through a screen. Um, you can, yeah. you know, when you're when you're at a wrestling show, it almost feels like you can reach out and touch the wrestlers. Um, and it's a, it's a connection emotionally that you can't really get in other art forms, which is, uh, magic. It's magic. It's, it's, and from, from this side, it's addicting, right? Because you get <laughs> that interaction yeah. on a level that you can't get anywhere else. You know, you can't get in any other type of art form. You can't get in any other type of entertainment. It's, um, it's, uh, it's a really, really special thing that give and take. It's not something I've ever seen live i don't think um actually no there was there was a small show i went to when i was a teenager at mm -hmm. local theater and so yep. actually the stage the stage had the ring on it so everyone yep. was on the one side of the ring um yep. in fact i think I one one of legion of doom was there i think okay all right yeah so <laughs> i've done i've done and actually through the uk i, I spent some time uh, touring through the UK and I've done some theater shows there and I've done some of those smaller, smaller venue shows. And I mean, that's a lot yeah. of, that's a lot of fun. Uh, the yeah. first time I, I came and wrestled in the UK, I, uh, I was shocked because like the fans there are totally different than American fans. They, they don't, they entertain themselves. Like they're doing soccer chants and songs and, <laughs> you know, making up songs about our name and stuff like that. It's a, it's a, it's a really yeah. fun crowd work in front of because they're they're doing things like that i wasn't prepared for you know what i mean they're making up names like rhymes and songs for our <laughs> for our names and stuff like that and like uh or like making fun of people but doing it in song form and so the whole yeah. the whole crowd is not they're not chanting at you they're singing at you it, it was uh it was a culture shock thing that was really really fun and really really cool to be a part of
So with your um, tag team, how did you both get put together or did you did you do that independently? No, it was actually um, so we we wrestled each other and the company that Ring of Honor that we were we were both had just signed brand new contracts for um, and we were both kind of at similar stages of our career where we had been bouncing around and not making a lot of money by ourselves. We had this opportunity with Ring of Honor. We were really excited about it. Uh, and, and when we wrestled each other, um, they liked how we looked in the ring together. Right. And they were like, well, have you, you know, we don't have kind of an opportunity for you guys to be a single, single star right now, which we both were, we were both singles wrestlers and they were like, but you know, we were thinking about putting you together as a tag team. And then a couple months down the road, once you're established with the crowd, we'll break you guys up. And then, you know, everything will be, you know, you'll go back to being a singles guy. So we both, yeah. uh, Todd and I talked about it. We're like, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like that sounds great. You know, once this thing kind of runs out in three or four, three or four months, we'll just, we'll, we'll go our separate ways. It'll be, you know, we'll be better for it. And, you know, fast forward, uh, you know, almost 10 years, 10 years at this point, And uh, we haven't, uh, we haven't run our course yet, you know? So it's, um, <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a really cool, thing but it was it was a hundred percent on ring of honor ring of honor put us together and um you know and then we ran with it you know so we were we 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 took that act to new japan we took that act to nxt we took that act to wwe and and it's it's something that he and i now have like really um developed a lot of pride with and developed a lot of um expertise with is tag team wrestling in in a way that like a lot of tag teams are kind of thrown together or, you know, or odd couples or like, don't really mesh. Like right now it doesn't like him without me or me without him doesn't make sense. Um, you know, we're, we're so much like we're, we're a full-time yeah. tag team. You know what I mean? There are some really, really great full-time tag teams in the history of pro wrestling. Um, mm. And, and we, you know, by the time our careers are over, we want to, we want to etch our, you know, make our statement that we, uh, we belong on the yeah 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 because yeah. i think uh, he's wrestling on his own at the minute right well he is with he, you know he, yeah well and <laughs> yeah. and you know thankfully he's he's in a in a position creatively that he's able to do that and he's getting some really good opportunities um yeah for anyone who doesn't know um you know back in october i had to have um uh, neck fusion surgery i uh i i had a, a, a really bad uh, injury that happened in the ring. Um, and I, uh, I was dealing with nerve pain and muscle and strength loss and muscle loss for like six months almost. Uh, so, and then I, you know, I had to, I, I got the surgery. We kind of turned a corner and I, we realized like, you know, I, with, with the doctors were like, Hey, look, it's not getting better with therapy. We're going to need to do the surgery. So I'm currently recovering from surgery. Um, they said it's like a six to eight month recovery period. So, you know, I had the surgery in October. So hopefully mm. real or May, you know, June, whatever I'm, I'm, I'm back and we're hitting our, we're hitting our full stride. So it's, um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. it's a, it's a frustrating process being hurt. Um, but it's, um, yeah. you know, just trying to, just trying to listen to, I've got, I've got the best doctors in the world and they're taking the best care of me that, you know, um, it's really, really good. And WWE is being amazingly supportive and making sure that I have the best care that I possibly can and the best advice that I yeah. possibly can. So I'm just trying to do what the doctors tell me and do my rehab, do my, you know, do my recovery and come back, you know, bigger, stronger, faster and um, make up for lost time. I don't know if you'll want to go into it, but is that in any way related to the accident you had? No, 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 not at all. 
Not at all. No, that was, I was in a motorcycle wreck in 2014 that should have killed me. Mm. Um, and I, I completely shattered my left arm and I had to have uh, surgery there. So there's two plates and 18 pins and screws in there. Um, you know, it, it, it was, uh, I was out of wrestling for six, about six months that time too. Um, and it was actually just when I had, I had, we had just formed our tag team. We were just getting a little bit of momentum. And then I, you know, I got in that wreck and I was out for six months. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, so it's, it's, we've done that. And then Todd has actually had the same neck surgery that I did, um, during COVID. He, he actually, um, had a, a traumatic, uh, neck injury and had, Do you know, I saw the video a couple of days yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. he had the same, the same neck surgery, but it was, it was actually a two level fusion. Mine's only a one level fusion. So hopefully I'm able to come back a little faster than he can. Um, when he and I have only ever wrestled once and he beat me, so he's got that little bragging, right? So if I can come back from my next <laughs> surgery faster than he came back from his next surgery, then I'll have that bragging right on him. Yeah. So your, um, your wrestling personas, the Viking Raiders mm-hmm. and Valhalla, mm-hmm. where did the idea from that come from? Did you guys develop that yourselves or were you pushed that way? No. So, um, he, so when we got together, I was, I was Raymond Rowe and my character was more like a street kid from Cleveland. You know, it was kind of like my real, my real life just turned up to 11. Um, yeah. and, uh, Toddy was Hanson and, uh, he was, um, kind of had this like barbaric, like, uh, costume that he would wear. He, you know, kind of like, not really just like general kind of barbaric stuff um and when he and i got together we started um we started kind of i we like meshed those styles right so we could be a little um a a little bit more of a cohesive tag team and over time we we started leaning more into like pop culture viking look right like you know furs and leather and horns and stuff like that you know uh and then right around so like he and I got together in 2014 and when Sarah and I got together in 2016 you know she and I started Viking reenactment shortly thereafter but like I was always kind of interested in I I had been going to renaissance fairs and you know stuff like that and I was kind of interested in Vikings so I kind of just led that you know as as we got together in the tag team, I kind of led the artistic kind of uh, travel from like generalized, like big guy leather barbarian to more like pop culture Viking barbarian type, you know, for lack of a better yeah. word. And then like as Sarah and I got more and more into Viking reenactment, uh, the characters that Toddy and I had started like sprinkling in more and more viking stuff and and going more viking stuff we started using viking names we started using you know for for our moves we became viking names and you know stuff Mm -hmm. like that um and and then where we could we would sprinkle in you know bringing viking you know like historical vikings like members of beyondborg and stuff to the ring with us and different different stuff and then um we were a name we were war machine uh before wwe when we came to WWE, they were like, yeah, we, you know, there's this little company called Marvel that has uh, trademarks and stuff. Um, so we needed a new name. Uh, and they they had given us a couple ideas and they were like, you know, what about War Raiders? And we pitched a bunch of different names. And I was like, 
well, what about Viking Raiders? And they were like, no, we're going with War Raiders. Cool. So we were the War Raiders for about a year in NXT. Then when we went up to, w- to uh, main roster, we got called up to Raw. And they were like, hey, we're changing your name. And, you know, we're, 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 we're not sure what we're going to, you know, we want to call you the Vikings. Well, the Vikings was clearly trademarked. It was, you know, not a, not a thing that would happen. Um, and we were like, well, what about Viking Raiders? And uh, they're like, yeah, we're not sure. And then for one night only, we were the Viking experience. Um, and which, which the Twitter has never forgotten or never forgiven. Given <laughs> us. Um, and then uh, the next week we were the Viking Raiders. So, and we've been the Viking Raiders ever since. Um, so it's, uh, it was definitely yeah. a thing like that formulation of the name was a, was an idea that we had, but like the artistic, like we never, no matter what are we, whether we were war machine or war Raiders or Viking Raiders, all of the costuming, all of the image, all of the kind of, you know, um, creative stuff that we did ourselves and the look and all that stuff was always us. Like that was, we were kind of the same team, no matter what you called us. Um, so yeah. it was, uh, but it was definitely kind of influenced more and more like Viking, specifically Viking over time. We, we got more and more Viking and because wrestling is wrestling and it's, you know, lights and cameras and stuff like that. It's never been like historical Viking. It's always been like yeah, sure. over the top fantasy, you know, Conan the Barbarian meets Vikings, you know, <laughs> Yeah, because I, I mean, I have seen some criticism on places like Facebook of your wrestling personas, bait from reenactors. Um, so I don't know whether you want to defend that stance because I know in real life you're also serious reenactors as well. Yeah, so you know yeah, what yeah. It does like, look like, I, but yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. it's silly. I mean, it doesn't matter. Like, I feel like people on Facebook or social media in general will always find something to complain about. Always. Yeah. yeah uh, sure. I just posted. I just posted pictures. Uh, Sarah and I just had some really nice pictures done by a photographer. Um, we hadn't had family pictures in a long, long time, so we did some some uh, photos in our in our Viking kit. And I yeah. have like a a painstakingly researched and well-constructed and like hand-sewn um, Viking kit that's completely based on uh, like 10th to 11th century uh, Hedeby, right? So, yeah. you know, every every stitch that I wear, every every weapon that I have, all the, all the um, you know, the belt buckles and the, you know, the shoes and all of the stuff, everything is yeah. 10th to 11th century Hedeby. Um, as close as I can, I can reconstruct it, right? Because ultimately, even like those scraps of clothing that we have that we know for a Bible fact, like they're for sure accurate. This is accurate, right? But there's, yeah. it's like a piece, it's a scrap, it's a, you know, it's like a, this is this part of the tunic, right? And then yeah, we think yeah. that we know what this tunic really looked like. I mean, we've got artistic, we've got like iconogra- iconographical, like, um, uh, justification like oh well this stone you know this stone carving or this you know bayou tapestry or this whatever this book of kells right like you know that it it shows more about what what it is and like yes it's we have general ideas so like but i'm sure that if i posted those those pictures that we just had taken of of my best attempt at a historically adequate uh had to be hit viking kit based to like within 100 years like there's nothing i'm wearing that's like you know one or you know one or the other like one region one time period one you know one costume 
um, I'm sure that people would still tear it apart just because from social media, it's really easy behind yeah. a keyboard to be, be the, the most expert. And I've seen like, you know, there's, there's been, there's been a, a couple memes that like reenactor friends will send me because they see something with like <laughs> me and Toddy and, and Sarah on it. And like, they're, you know, somebody like, you know, uh, like they ordered Vikings from wish or something like that. And it's, you know, it's us. And, um, yeah, yeah. and, and, and it's funny <laughs> because like, I know like what a, an accurate Viking is and like, we do have accurate Viking stuff, but we also have the pro wrestling Viking. Like, I'm sorry, but pro wrestling is not the medium where you're going to get historically accurate turn shoes and tunics and whatever. This is yeah, this it's is quite inappropriate to wrestle in, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and yeah. now, now I mean, like the 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 clothes are super functional. You know, I mean, we fight, we go out yeah. and fight and live in them for weeks at a time, which is yeah, great. Sure. But like it doesn't, it's not as sexy, right? <laughs> like, you know, you want fur and leather and, you know, everything with wrestling is over the top. Everything with entertainment yeah. and, you know, stuff like that is over the top. Uh, so like, it, it's, you know, even like, um, you know, you're not going to have a, a, a rock band, you know, you're not going to have a Mon Amarth in historically accurate Viking clothes. Even even people like, uh, like Wardruna or, you know, Danheim or some of these like bigger Viking bands, they don't wear historically accurate clothes. They wear Hollywood accurate clothes. You know what I mean? Like there's, yeah. it, it's, it's just people that complain about it, man. They're going to find something to complain about anyways. Like we have fun. I like love the costumes that we wear in the ring. I think they're fun. I think they're exciting. I think they give the flavor of Vikings. Um, but it's not, you know, I, I have never pretended like it's an accurate Viking portrayal. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, we do try to sneak in some accurate Vikings when we can. Uh, like our our entrance video has like a bunch of our accurate Viking like paraphernalia, right? Like you know, real swords or a Gearmanbu helmets or you know different different things that like we try to kind of like Easter egg. Like here we go, here yeah. we go. Um, and like uh, we've we've done some things where we've brought you know uh, the our reenactor friends. Uh, in like a backstage you know off-site promo thing where you know you can see the reenactors or we brought them out on stage with us or something and those guys are wearing like legit riveted chain mail and accurate helmets and cl clothes and stuff but but from us being the wrestlers we can't do that you know it's it's got to be over the top that's what people want to see so that's what we are you know what i mean like uh and people on social media are going to be upset <laughs> about it, no matter what i do so they're gonna you know yeah. is what it is yeah that's fair so I, I think originally we started off when we first started speaking on instagram by instagram messenger um probably a couple of years back i think um yeah. i think initially you contacted me because we've got the same shield design or pretty much the same shield design right? so that's not actually when 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 we first started it was because of your cookbook um was it i reached out i re yeah i reached out because of yeah. your cookbook initially yeah. and then um because uh we were trying to be more you know we were trying to be more accurate and and come up with some viking dishes and and yeah. i thought your cookbook was really fascinated and i had some questions about it so i just was like man i'll, I'll let me try you know what i mean I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll send you send you a couple a couple messages you were you were super responsive and like answered questions and like i thought that was awesome because i just 
I saw your cookbook. I bought your cookbook on probably on Amazon or something like that. Um, yeah. And then, uh, and then we had some questions about it. Cause I think I was trying to like upscale your recipe. Um, you know, like this is, uh, this, yeah, is a cool right. this, this is a cool recipe for, you know, four people, but can I make it for 40 and, you know, like whatever. And then that yeah. led us to talking, but then like, um, it was, it was kind of cool that like, once we kind of had established a uh uh you know conversation and discussion and, and relationship a little bit i i noticed because i think you posted something or you got tagged on something and your your group's viking shield is like the same color scheme the same design as ours it's just turned differently right like mine is yeah. uh uh let me see i got mine up, up on the wall but i can take it off um so mine is uh right yeah yeah like um, this i don't know if i've got mine here actually i do yours is yours is like that right yours is across yeah yeah yours is across right so that's yep. that's where my handle is this way yeah okay so it's it's this way then right yeah let's I don't know. I don't know which mine is. Mine is red. <laughs> mine is an X. Mine looks like the X Men symbol. It's it's yeah. it's red, red up and blue on the side. But it's uh, okay. yeah. It was the. It was kind of a cool thing to be like, oh man. And then we talked about it, and we're like, oh, should we change? You know, should we change the <laughs> design? Should we? Yeah. You know, whatever. It's too close. But who cares? Like, that's. I. I it doesn't bother me. If it doesn't bother you guys, I'm. I'm good with it. I like. Uh, I like our colors. I like the shield design. Um, yeah. And like most of the time, like our group, that's only our like local chapter, right? Like my local chapter is Lockyer Lag. Um, and we yeah. are a old sworn, old sworn lag in the army of Yamsborg. So my, my shield that I take to international events is this one is the Unheriar shield, the black and the, the, the black, red and white. So like, if I were coming over to the UK for an event, this is what I would be carrying. I wouldn't be, be carrying that the red and blue one. So it's yeah. not even like we would get confused on the field. It would just be if you guys came to Cleveland, then you would see a lot of these these shields. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Say, I I didn't come up with the design. Um, our group leader, our ex group leader now, um, he's the authenticity officer for the Viking Society in the UK. Um, yeah, and he came up with it. I think he played around with different pigments and things to try and get as close to historically accurate as he could. But complete yeah. coincidence. It's just one of those funny funny things. Yeah. And for us, like we, you know, we, we had, um, it's funny because like the local group that became Lock Ear Lag was started by myself, my wife, and, and one of my, one of my best friends who's still in the Viking group, Alex Van Ness. And, um, when we were talking about it, um, we were, we were talking about different designs. We were talking about whatever, cause we needed a shield to like be us. Right. And the initial yeah. name of the group was, was Clevites. So it was like Cleveland Vikings. Right. And we, yeah. condensed it to Clevites, and um and and we we just de we decided on these colors because um red and blue are were at the time uh the the cleveland indians right and they're now the cleveland guardians the, the baseball team of of the um yeah. uh in in cleveland ohio and then uh gold and wine or wine and gold are were the cleveland cavaliers um, so we kind of liked those colors and like primary, yeah. you know, red, blue and, and, uh, red, blue and gold and yellow are primary colors. They're really, they go with everything. They're, they're a great combo. 
So then we tried to get the same type of thing, like the pigments and the, you know, making it a, a Viking accurate shades and stuff like that. But like, it was kind of like yeah. a Cleveland, like for us, it was a Cleveland identifier, right? Like these were Cleveland colors. These were, but we, we made them Viking age and then we just loved that design. So we, we, we stuck with the design, but it was ours is very clearly an X. Um, and for me, that was a little tag to, um, like I'm straight edge, right? I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't do any drugs. Yeah. So for me, all of my stuff, you know, you see the the X's on just about everything. Yeah, I grew yeah. up with the hard, I grew up with the hardcore kid, you know, hardcore music and punk rock music and stuff like that. Yeah. So like, um, uh, I whenever I can I can include or hide little X's in my stuff, <laughs> I always do. Um, yeah. you know that that makes the you know the fourteen year old hardcore kid happy. Um, so I I of course my Viking shield was gonna have an X on it. So that's what that's what we did. Yeah. So you're, because you're, I think your parents and, and everyone in your family are involved with your group too, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, we, it's funny, like we, uh, we, you know, the, the family, the Vikings together stays together. Um, my, Sarah and I are enablers, right? So we, we had a fully Viking wedding. Um, and like, we, it's funny because like when we started Viking reenactment, I was like, we don't have time for this. Like, we don't have time to be Vikings. We don't have time you know, to go to Viking events, we can go as Vikings to like one event a year, maybe, or like we can go as Vikings to a Renaissance festival because there's no yeah. commitment. And then we went to one practice, one like uh, training uh, with Mirlag, who was the Swamp Vikings. They're, they're part of Yamsborg in Florida, where we were living at the time when Sarah was in NXT. Uh, and then we literally rearranged our entire life to become Vikings. Like we didn't have time. So we changed everything in our life to make sure that we could become Vikings. Um, yeah. And then when we, you know, when, when it was time to get married, we wanted to have a Viking wedding. So we pooled resources with a bunch of our, our reenactor friends and like got like the biggest borrow back box together that we could. And then we bought a bunch of, you know, uh, the, you know, the kind of cheapest tunics we could find that were still like looked apart and were pretty good. Like there were linen ones. Um, yeah. And uh, and then all of our family and friends that came to the wedding, whether they were Vikings or not, dressed in Viking garb, right? So they we like the whole wedding was Vikings. Um, yeah. And then and then my family kind of was like, you know, as we once we got married, we moved home to Cleveland, and like my family has come come out to events. Uh, my mom is like a master knitter, and she's like a like a um, she can like spin her own wool and create her own yarn and then do the, you know, do the thing. And she actually has done like, um, like turn of the century um, type reenactment where she would go to a festival and, and like have a spinning wheel and teach that type of stuff. But she sewed her yeah. own clothes and did all that stuff. And um, I didn't really, you know, even remember that until we got into Viking reenactment. We're talking. She was like, oh, yeah, well, you know, we used to do Yankee Peddler and da, da, da. And I was like, oh, oh man, I totally forgot about that because it was when I was a kid. And I don't, you know, I didn't remember yeah. that. But uh, so we've taken her to a couple events and like, you know, everybody comes around and they're like, you know, we must protect Mama Roe. Um, <laughs> you know, she's a, she's a, she's a, she's a full-time granny now. So she just, um, you know, it's really cool when like, her and my dad come out and they're in Viking kit. And like, we've got our son who's in Viking kit and like, um, they're awesome because they come to shows with, or they come to events with us and they're able to watch cash so that Sarah and I can fight. Right. Like we brought them, yeah. you know, we all went as a family to Germany, um, last May and we went to, um, there was a big, uh, Yamsburg, um, 
anniversary event at the Oldenburg Wall Museum. Um, and my parents went, it was the first time they were ever in Germany, which was cool for them to come across. Uh, you know, yeah. we, we did some tourist stuff for a couple of days before, and then we went to the Viking event and like, they just followed cash around that, you know, the historic wall museum and Sarah and I were able to fight all day, you know, for Friday and Saturday. And then Sunday we jumped, you know, drove back to Berlin, jumped on a plane, flew back to America to go to raw. Um, wow. you know, it was just a, yeah, I mean, it's, it's travel, travel with us is, is intense. So we try not to, yeah. not to, um, stress my parents out a little too much with it. We don't, we don't like <laughs> try to do it too much with them, but, uh, but yeah, like it's, um, it's really cool that they're just, they just go with it. Right. Like, you know, um, they, they want to, they want to be involved cause their kids are involved and they want to be involved cause like it's a it's it's a cool thing and like the the local community the local viking community has just adopted them completely like when they come like people are like hey mama and papa row and you know whatever but like so my dad yeah. you know, will be you know tending the fire or you know cooking or doing something like that my mom's crafting doing you know bat she she um she took a basket weaving class that one of the vikings taught at our at our event uh at our farmers event uh last summer and she's like, man, I really want to do more basket weaving. Are you, are you, you know, is, is, uh, is Jesse Dorch going to be there at this next, you know, at this next event? She, I got stuck on my basket weaving. I need some help. So it's, uh, it's, it's kind of cool. It's really cute to see how much my parents got into it. And they, and it literally was just because me and Sarah were doing it. And, uh, mm. but it's something they can do and we can do together. That's a lot of fun. So it's, um, it's really great that they, they do it with us. Yeah. And I say, I mean, you were busy to begin with, didn't think you'd have time for reenactment. And then you went and had a kid. And so now you brought that into it as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's it's there's nothing, you know, we, we don't do anything unless it's 100 miles an hour. So it's uh, yeah. but like it's 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 cool because like, you know, we just bring cash with us like yeah. he go where we go, he goes. So like when we went to Germany, he came with us. You know what I mean? Like when we're going, mm. we're we're planning um uh we're planning to go we're going to try our our absolute best to go to sletten and volen this year so sletten's in denmark and and volen's in yeah, in yeah. Poland. i looked at uh, sletten last week funnily enough you what i was looking at sletten just last week oh yeah yeah a friend of uh, mine i think is planning to go over there so we went i went i went by myself last year right like um it, it just so happened that the timing worked out that uh we didn't have anything on that weekend and um and sarah was like you should go right i had you know some friends that were going and um and uh we had enough like frequent flyer miles banked up that i was able to just go like she was she was like yeah. you know just just you should go like you know because and i always feel guilty like because she loves to do biking yeah. stuff too and I was like, well, but it's just me going. Like, why don't we go? You know, we and she was like, I can't. Like, I need to stay here with cash, whatever. Um, you know, with 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 wrestling travel. She's like, but you could go. So why don't you just go? And I'm like, well, all right, are you sure? And she's like, yeah, I got it. I got cash. I got the farm. I got whatever. Just go. So we we had you know free, free, enough frequent flyer miles that I was able to go. And I literally, I think I paid like seventeen dollars or something like that for flights, which wow. is incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah. so I went and, and it was crazy. So we both traveled to raw and wherever raw was that week. I don't remember. I had my Viking bag packed, right? So I had my wrestling bag and she took my wrestling bag home and I had my Viking bag with my sword and my shield and my, my kit and all that stuff. And I flew yeah. directly from wherever we were to Denmark, 
you know, buddy of mine picked me up at the airport and took me to, took me to Sletton. So I, I got to Sletton and I was there from like Wednesday morning through, you know, Saturday or through Sunday morning. And I, you know, I just threw my, you know, threw, uh, uh, my bedroll down in a buddy's tent and I stayed there and I, you know, you fight all day and feast all night. And I mean, it, it was just, it was an amazing week. Um, mm. and, and then, and then flew out Sunday and went straight to raw. So I picked, you know, I met Sarah wherever we were, uh, for raw that week. And then, you know, she brought my, my wrestling bag with me, left the, left the, the Viking bag in a hotel and we went right back to work. Um, so it was, uh, it, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was a really, really cool trip. And Sletton was amazing. Sletton was yeah. so much fun. I highly recommend any, any reenactor, uh, to go to Sletton. It's, you know, if you're a, a Western style fighter or if you're not a Western style fighter and you want to craft and you want to hang and, you know, hang out and go to the market, whatever, it is mm. an amazing market. Uh, it's, it's like four Vikings by Vikings. It's really, really good time. We're trying to go to, I would, I would love nothing more than be able to go to Sletton and go to Valen every single summer. Yeah. Um, uh, it's not always possible, especially with our yeah. work schedule and our travel schedule. Um, but I'm going to do my best to make to one of those events every single summer. Um, this summer, my, my, my sincere hope is that we can do both. Um, I'm going to try, you know, whether that means we need to, you know, take a vacation or, you know, go to Sletton, and fly back to for TV and then fly back out for Volin, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever has to happen. We'll, uh, we'll try to make it happen. Cause I really, really, really want to go to both. Yeah. No, it does look fun. As I say, a friend recommended it to me just last week. So I, I dude, it's I, yeah, I can't, I can't highly, more highly recommend it. It's, uh, it's an amazing, amazing, um, uh, time. I actually met one of um, some. Uh, there was a, a UK Viking group, uh, Valhalla. Um, uh, I don't know if you were familiar with them or not, but um, I'm not sure. I met no. a couple guys. Yeah, I met a couple guys from from the UK uh, out there, yeah. and ended up like, as it's uh, just as it just so happened, like just ran into them randomly, and like you know made friends with 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 Vikings from the UK, um, <laughs> and the, the one guy the one guy was a uh, ended up, and I think we started talking because uh, he was a wrestling fan, and and yeah. we kind of passed in the lane, and he was like, what what are you doing here? You know? And then, yeah, and yeah. then we started talking and then like the next day we ended up on like on the line together or like on the end of a line. And, and uh, it's, it's this guy named Ashley. Um, and, and he was a really good, uh, he was really good with like a one-handed spear and a shield. And I was fighting with a two-handed spear. So I ended up like just the way it was, like we ended up on the edge of a line and like collapsing the line together. Like, and I was just like, uh, I started talking to him and he did, I don't think he knew I was there. And I was like, I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm on your hip. I'm on your hip. I'm on your hip. And like, he, he saw I was there. He dropped his one hand of spear, took his, his sword and he just started defending me so I could get more aggressive. And like, we, you know, we, we helped like fold this, this one half of the line. It was a really cool thing to like, you don't, you, I, I don't know what I love about Viking Viking events is like, you make those friendships with people. And then you have these crazy memories and experiences that you wouldn't get in normal life. Right. Like Absolutely. I would normally, I wouldn't meet somebody. And then within 12 hours, 14 hours, having like, like an intimate conversation or like a, um, you know, these, uh, these interactions or these memories that I'm talking about like a year later, like, Oh man, this was so cool. Me and this dude, we, you know, we ended up with this thing and da, 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 da. And like, but you have that opportunity at a Viking event because like the beautiful thing is like, with Viking reenactment, like no matter what car you drive to the 
to the event, right? You park that car in the parking lot. And the second you walk out of that parking lot, you are a Viking. You know, you're a, you know, and I know we're not really Vikings, all that stuff. Everybody on Twitter is yeah, going to get yeah. mad at me for saying that. But like, <laughs> we, you know, you, you go Viking, yeah. go to these Viking events and like, that's who you are. Right. So who you are in the scene is, is, is who you are in the scene. Like you, who you bring, right. Like it doesn't matter how expensive my car is or how expensive the house is or how much money I make or what I do for a job. Mm. When I come to a Viking event, I'm just a Viking. And, and what my value in the scene is, is what I bring to the scene. Like, am I a good fighter? Am I a good crafter? Am I a good communicator? Am I, you know, a good organizer? Am I helpful around, you know, am I chopping firewood? Am I carrying stuff? Am I cooking for people? Like, that's what matters. And it's, it's that like, you, you, everyone puts on the Viking kit and it's like all of those barriers that we put up in, in modern day life are gone. Right. Like, I don't, I, you, you know, we don't have any brands on our t-shirts. We don't have any, you know, uh, designer clothes on or anything like that. Right. Like all those layers of like, I don't know if I can be friends with you or this person might judge me or, you know, whatever, whatever that we, we use to protect ourselves in modern day life. Yeah. are gone in Vikings because we're all kind of on an even footing. So I can just meet you honestly with my guard down and you can meet me honestly with your guard down and we can connect on a level that like foregoes all of that stuff. Like usually it takes a while, like, right. If you meet somebody in your daily yeah. life, even at, at work or at a coffee shop or whatever, it'll take you weeks months years even to like break down those like barriers that you have to protect yourself or kind of you know like um mm. just barriers that you you walk around with right like i'm not gonna let someone hurt me or i'm not gonna i need to get to know you first before i you know trust you or interact with you like with vikings i think it's something that like you you're thrust into these events with people and then you're meeting someone and then working shoulder to shoulder with them on a common goal, right? Whether that common goal is we're holding this hill and that enemy is coming after us and we're going to hold this hill or it's, we're going to build this fire and you know, there you've got an ax and I've got a shovel and we're going to do this thing together. And now we're working mm -hmm. shoulder to shoulder and we're developing a camaraderie that doesn't exist outside of that Viking event. You know what I mean? And, and, and it's, but it's a true honest, it's a it's a true honest connection that you have with somebody but it's a, it's mm. done under the context of a viking event that gives you the freedom to be able to connect on that level um and i think that's a beautiful thing i think that's something that like a lot of us don't get to experience and that's what that's what drives me back no matter how busy we are no matter how hectic our schedule is that that's that's that magic that that brings me back to viking events over and over and over again because we can we can put away our phones we can put away our real lives and we can just be and interact honestly with people yeah. on a level that that I, it doesn't exist um, in in many other circles, you know. And I'm sure other niche groups have this the phenomenon, but I've found it in Vikings, and it yeah. and and it, it's something that I can't I can't go without. I think that's it. I think it's kind of it's almost shorthand because everyone goes to these events, but you already know that you've already got the same interest, right? Because you're already into the Vikings, you're into yep. camping, you're into fighting, or whatever it is. Yep whichever element you like and so you've almost got that shorthand where you're already friends yeah. yeah you just and and it's like uh i've never met so many people that i was already friends with i just didn't know it yet you know what i mean <laughs> like we like you meet somebody and you're like oh man i feel like i've known you for 10 years and mm -hmm. i've known you for 10 hours you know so it's uh it's a cool 
it's a it's a really really cool community and it's a really inclusive and safe community where like you can just be honest and be yourself and and i think that having that shared interest you know what i mean that shared interest and then the shared work and the shared like you know you and i are are doing something together and then we're we're gonna we're gonna get to know each other faster than we would if we were just you know messaging online or or you know i'd say hi to you at a coffee shop or whatever yeah so you mentioned when you were in Denmark that someone recognized you from WWE. Yeah. And I did have I did have a question related to that. Sure. I wonder because your your locker lag has grown quite a bit over the last what year, two years. To yeah, 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 yeah. Last two fairly, years. Yeah. Um, so I just wondered whether you ever get fans knowingly or not, either turning up to training for your group or even at reenactment events. They're not so, in a stalkerish way, but do people just be like, I know he's going to be there. I'm going to go and say, hey. Uh, so I, you know, if, if that has happened at a at a reenactment event, I haven't, I'm not aware of that. Um, yeah. And like what's, especially if I go to a Scandinavian um, reenactment event, because uh, WWE doesn't, or pro wrestling isn't really like um, culturally popular in Scandinavia. Yeah. So a lot of uh, a lot of the Vikings over there have no clue what the WWE is. They kind of have like a vague notion of like Hulk Hogan was a pro wrestler at one point. You know what I mean? But it's not yeah. part of like the the like the pop culture kind of like ethos, right? Um, yeah. Like it is in America and the UK and you know Japan and parts of Europe and stuff like that. Um, sure. So like if I go to Denmark, for example, I can disappear for the most part, and you know. I, like wrestling is kind of a funny thing it's kind of like being in like a like a very specific genre of metal or whatever like in the niche of wrestling fans i might be a big deal but yeah. in the wider public nobody knows who i am which is really nice um yeah. so it's not like you know uh it's a weird thing when people like tell me i'm a celebrity or i'm famous or whatever because i just think i'm a dumb kid from cleveland right but then i meet somebody who's a wrestling fan and and they're like you know uh like oh my god i've always wanted to meet you and and i it kind of takes me back because i'm i'm like oh man like to that niche audience mm. there is a level of celebrity there is a level of um you know being larger than life kind of um and and that's a responsibility that i really do try to live up to um because mm. it's it's something that like if i could be a role model for kids like oh my oh, oh my gosh what what better what bigger responsibility is there? You know what I mean? So like, I, I, I am conscious of that and I try to be aware of that, but like, I don't feel worthy of that. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like, mm. um, I'm just, like I said, I'm just a dumb kid from Cleveland. So like when I go to Scandinavian events, like nobody, no, nobody watches wrestling. So I'm just another guy, you know, I'm just another spear fighter or, you know, shield fighter or whatever. So like, yeah. I, I just, it, it, so it's, it's a rarity when someone, you know, recognizes me at, you know, in Europe at an event, whatever. Um, here, it's a little more common, um, but like the group in Lock Your Lag specifically, like my group is like um, very protective of me and Sarah, right? Because they know like when we come to do Viking stuff, we, you know, we, it's kind of like our off time, right? Like we're not, yeah, yeah. we're not wrestling. We're not, you know, in the public eye. We're not, um, you know, kind of doing things consumable things right like we don't do it for instagram or for the likes or you know what i mean for a brand or for our image or anything like that so like 
it's not our professional time. So like our group specifically really is very protective of that. So if someone is like, um, kind of too much or someone is kind of like, like that way, like, oh man, I need to, you know, I like some, some guys will have like friends who yeah. are big, big wrestling fans. Like some of my, some of the fighters that are in our group have said, have told me like, you know, Hey, my, this guy I work with is a big wrestling fan. He keeps asking me, can I come to a training and meet you? And I'm like, no, like, that's not why we go to training. We go to training to, to sword fight. We go to training to be, you know, around Vikings. Like, it's not like, you're not going to go up to Ray and be when he's, you know, when he's sword fighting and be like, Hey, can you sign an autograph or can you do whatever? Like, cause then it's kind of, it kind of does be a little stalkery, you know what I mean? Like, but, uh, and not to say like, if, if I met somebody, you know, when I, whenever I've met Vikings who are also wrestling fans, it's always been wonderful interactions. I'm not trying to say that, or, you know, and if I, you know, sometimes you're in the grocery store or whatever, and you run into a wrestling fan and they're like, you kind of do that, like double take, like, uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, you know, and then, and then want to talk and I do that. I've always, I've never had any bad react and, and bad interactions. I've never had anybody that like, you know, was, was disrespectful in real life, uh, which I'm very thankful for. I know some people have unfortunately dealt with, um, you know, stalkers or, or people, you know, mm -hmm. violent people, fans who got violent or maybe, you know, got uh, catfished yeah. by someone and felt like that they were, you know, taken advantage of. Um, and so then they try to attack, you know, uh, wrestlers. Um, and it's, uh, mm -hmm that that can be kind of a scary thing thankfully I, i'm i've uh, my interactions with wrestling fans have been by and large positive almost exclusively right like it it is a a wonderful opportunity that we get to do these things and and fans are the reason why we get to do them because with no with no fans no audience like it's it's just me falling down in a ring in an empty ring you know what i mean like um yeah. so like i've i've not experience any any kind of weirdness or badness or you know awkwardness really it's it's generally surprise on like the guy you know uh, when i'm when i met ashley at sletton he literally mm -hmm. we walked by each other and he was like what are you doing here like that uh what and i was like oh yeah i'm a you know i'm a reenactor from the u.s and he was like yeah but why are you here and i was like well i you know wasn't wrestling today so i wanted to come here and he was like wow oh man and then uh uh it's been similar similar stuff to that like you know I've, I've ran into people wrestling fans that are in you know like at a grocery store or whatever and they're like why wait why are you here and i'm like well i live in cleveland you know and they're like oh oh okay and then you know go go about their day or you know you you it's, it's a lot more common to run into wrestling fans randomly like that when you're on the road um, but mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm pretty open about the fact I live in Cleveland, you know, I'm born and raised in Cleveland. My family's in Cleveland. I'm, you know, very proud of being from Cleveland. Um, so I, uh, I, uh, yeah, I run into wrestling fans every once in a while, but yeah, no, not really in the Viking group. There's a couple guys who are like, who will be kind of embarrassed about it. Like, Hey, you know, my kid or my cousin or my, you know, whatever, my nephew, he's a big fan. Like, would it be okay if you sign something and they always kind of feel bad about it? I'm like, dude, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm happy to do that. If there's anything I can do to make your family or your friends happy, like I'm happy to do it. Like, you know, whatever, like we can do that, but it's, yeah. it's not really a, it's, I think Vikings is so separate that it's um it's kind of a cool thing that Sarah and I can just do. And yeah, we're just, like I said, like that thing about the cars, right? Like once we're Vikings, we're Vikings and that's all we have to think yeah. about. So it's a, it's a really magical thing where, 
you can do that and kind of just disappear. I can say you could almost give yourself a rule because I know you guys have to earn your crosses on your shields. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Say, yep. We don't sign anything until you've earned your crosses. Because <laughs> <laughs> then they have to show a level of dedication, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe. We'll we'll talk. I'll talk to my training officer <laughs> about that. Yeah. That's, uh, that's Sarah, Sarah, Sarah. Sarah's meaner than me. I'm, uh, everyone's funny that uh, everybody like will always apologize to me because I'm, you know, 6'1", 250 pounds, covered in tattoos. Everybody, you know, like, oh, you're scary or whatever. And, and I'm like, dude, you got to talk to to this one. She's the, she's the scary one. So. Because <laughs> one of the, so one of the other things that we originally, I think, I suppose bonded over on Instagram was Morforge. Oh, dude, I want to go there so bad. I'm so jealous that you You're go. Welcome and, anytime. <laughs> yeah, you, um, you, uh, uh, I really want to go and take one of those, um, the the deer processing courses that you do with, um, I can't remember the guy that, uh, it's, it's Pictavia Leather on, um, yeah, on yeah, Hamish. I can't remember his name. Hamish. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. When you guys do those courses, I, I, man i think that's the coolest thing ever because it's you're you're doing the butchery and he's doing the the tanning and the right yeah. like the skin yeah. the treating of the skin like yeah. I, dude i think that's fascinating i really w one of these times the stars are gonna align and i'm Sarah yeah. and I are gonna be able to take those courses i'm gonna be so happy um the next yeah. one yeah we got i think we did the first one last year at easter and we're doing this mm -hmm. easter as well which is i think okay. half sold out already um, yeah by the time this goes out, if anyone's interested and it hasn't sold out, get a ticket, but it might have sold out before this goes out. Um, we'll Man, probably it, do it again next year. I mean, but it's usually Easter time. Yeah. It, does that, yeah. Does that um, kind of correlate with your guys' hunting seasons over there? Is that why you do it then? No. So, we, so, no, so here, um, the deer hunting season, you can pretty much hunt all year round. It just changes oh, really? from, male, from male to female. Okay. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's, yeah. Um, I, I think I think that the concept is amazing. I think it's a it's a fascinating concept, um, and I would love to. I I like to learn, right? Like I I yeah. know like Sarah and I, you know, butcher our own butcher our own meat at home, and we do all that stuff. But like, someone does it differently, right? Like, I guarantee you're yeah, going to yeah. do something differently than I do. So I'd love sure. to learn because like maybe maybe I I'll, I'll just do it your way and be like, oh, that's cool. And then do it my way, but I might do something and, and be like, oh, that angle of the knife or that, you know, approach is something that could inform yeah. me. Like, and I, I, yeah. I, I think that classes like that are fascinating. Um, but I, I think that's so cool. And to do it at that setting, right? Like Morforge is such a beautiful site. Um, and yeah, it's something awesome. that like Sarah, like Sarah and I bought our farm here with the intention of building a long haul right like that was yeah. the reason we chose this specific farm is because we had the intention of building a viking long haul um and it's something that we're hoping you know there's knock on knock on wood something that that we're going to be able yeah. to break ground on this this spring um and so like i've been fascinated by places that do have viking halls and and what their construction is like and how they built and like why they built and how it's working so like when i saw uh more forge i was like fascinated because like their stuff is like the real deal like it's done historically it's you know it's it's um it's got that authentic look and that authentic feel that i think 
some places are just like a Viking pole barn. You know what I mean? Like some mm-hmm. places in America, at least, uh, are, are just like a, you know, Viking pole barn where it's like, that's not really done historically. Um, it, it's a beautiful building and it's a beautiful site, yeah. but it's not like actually done how it was done. And Morforge seems like it's actually done how it's actually done. And it's a fascinating site to, to really look at. I, I, I'd love to, to spend some time there. So it's just, it's the stars have to align and schedules have to align and, um, you know, make you it, can make learn it a lot from David. Yeah. Yeah, oh, dude, he's, yeah. he's, and he, and he was, he was so giving and, and, and helpful when I was asking him questions and bouncing stuff off him, which is, uh, which is really, really cool. I think that's, I think that's my favorite thing about social media is that it's connected the world in a way that like, when, you know, I, I bought your cookbook and I had a question, so I just shot you a message. And yeah, yeah. you saw it and responded. And I was like, wow, this is, you know, this, this author of this book that I liked thought enough to respond to me. Like, that's a really cool thing. And like with, you know, with David from Morforge, mm-hmm. he's built this Viking long haul and like built this whole site. And I had some questions cause I'd like to build my own and I sent him a message and he responded and was like, you know, this is, this is amazing. I think that's the beauty of social media that there's that instant connection where like, you know, before that, I would have had to see you in like a, you know, a magazine or something and write a letter and hope that that letter <laughs> got to you. And you know what I mean? Like where, where yeah, yeah. Like I think, I think I saw something from your Instagram and I was like, oh, that's, you know, that's uh, eat like a Viking. I can just shoot him a message and, you know, he'll see it or he won't, but at least I'll shoot it. And, um, and if he doesn't see it, then I'll like comment like, hey, shot you a DM, like, did, did you see it? You know, I had a question for you. Um, and like that, that works. Cause like social yeah. media, like it, it works in those ways. So it's, it's a, that's a beautiful thing. I think that's a really special thing about social media and that it connected all of these people with similar interests or, you know, give you instantaneous access to it. It's just the problem when people decide to get really, really negative with it. That's when it can get, you know, can get bad. Mm. Yeah. If you ever decide to build something, then, uh, I mean, David runs courses as well in building yeah. whilst he's building. So, you know, if you need to learn some other skills. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I, uh, I'm, I'm wanting to learn it all. We've, uh, mm. uh, yeah, like we, we, yeah, we've got some, we've, we we're in the planning stages still. So we're, we're, uh, I had, I had somebody that was going to help us frame and, um, he was really experienced with timber framing and really, you know, um, had some really good ideas and suggestions and kind of informed the way we were looking at things. Um, and then he's got some health problems. So he had to drop out of the project. So we're, we're in the planning stages and kind of gathering our resources, how much we can do ourselves, how much we, you know, want to, want to bring somebody in to kind of help. And, you know, it's going to be a kind of a communal effort, I think with our, with our group Lockyer legs. So um, we, we host of, uh, you know, Viking reenactment events um on some private property and like you know so it's it's something that we uh we try to do you know yeah i think you mentioned already earlier but um so you had your first sort of big group event on your farm last year too didn't you yeah yeah we did um we had uh um we we had done uh we had done an event uh the year prior in uh 2022 and then it was, uh, we called it farm wars, right? Cause it's on a farm. So we, you know, we called it farm wars and it was really good. It was, you know, I don't know, we had uh, right around or right, right. Oh, you know, right around a hundred Vikings and probably like 70 fighters, um, you know, but we did fights and we did, 
we did, you know, camps and encampments and classes. And so there was crafting and there was fighting and there was, you know, feasting. It was, it was a lot of fun. And then yeah. um, we actually hosted the, so at like Sarah and I are old sworn members of the army of Yamsborg, which is the largest international army of, of uh, Viking reenactors on the planet. Um, we are part of the, the, they're kind of like divide, their world is divided up into storms, right? So like the Yamsborg is the, is the giant organization. And then the yeah. storms are, you know, North, South, East and West are all in Europe. And then Utland storm is the, the storm that we're, we're a part of in America. Right. And that covers North and South America. And then, you know, there's nine, there's nine, uh, chapters, right. That are called logs. Um, and, and Lagir Lag is one of those nine chapters in Utland Storm, right? So we, each yeah. year, Utland Storm has an all thing, um, which all of the nine chapters try to attend and try to go to, and it rotates, right? Different, different groups will host it. Um, mm -hmm. and last year was our, was our, or this year, I guess, 2012, last year, 2023 was our turn. Yeah. Um, so we hosted the all thing and like, we also invited non Yamsborg groups, um, because that's something really big that we're trying to do in the scene here, right? Like, um, we're trying to, to, to kind of put out that wider tent, um, and, and, and involve more than just our organization, right? I want to, any, any friendly Viking reenacting human groups we want to, we want to bring to the, this event. And, um, so we actually hosted the, the largest Viking reenactment event in American history. Um, so we had, uh, like between 325 and 350 fighters or people um and of those just under 200 fighters um it was it was incredible it was you know like a a long weekend so it was like thursday to sunday um you know and there was fighting fighting and crafting on friday saturday sunday we had a full market we had i don't know probably between 15 and 20 different vendors there and people teaching classes and doing like historic crafts. And there was, you know, historic, um, you know, blacksmithing and, and bead making and, and cooking. I mean, it was, it was a beautiful thing. There's, um, I think Lock Gear Lag has a YouTube, uh, YouTube page and they did like, a you know, a, um, uh, I don't, I don't run the, the social media and I don't run the, um, the online stuff for Lock Gear Lag, which is why I'm not hundred percent sure. Um, but I'm pretty sure we've got a YouTube page, um, that, uh, has like a, a high like a shorter highlight reel and then a longer kind of video about it um but it's it was it was a really beautiful thing to see so many different groups come together i think there was like 34 different viking groups um you know or 37 different viking groups that were all represented at that uh at that group at that event um yeah. and like i said it was a really 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 cool thing to have so many vikings together building something because like now 350 people might not sound like that many to a uh for a european event but for america that was the biggest the biggest viking event we've that's ever existed here um so we're just trying to build on build on that year after year so we're we're in the planning stages of, of farm wars 2024 um it's a uh you know that's kind of my passion project like i'm gonna i'm gonna do a a, a farm wars every year i'm gonna host that event and i'm gonna try to do it you know better and better and better and better right we took a lot of feedback we it was a lot of learning curves to go from 100 people yeah, to like cool. over 300 people you know some stuff was really good some stuff needs to be improved um yeah. and like so we 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 learned a lot we we learned some lessons the hard way and uh i'm trying to do it better this year i don't know if it'll be quite as big because it won't be the all thing Right. Uh, so not quite. I don't think as many Yamsport guys will travel to it because it's not, you know, usually 
some people with our jobs over here and our vacation, you only get one, one Viking event a year, you know, which is as, yeah. as sad as that is. Um, so mm. there might not be 300 people this year. It might only be, you know, my, I'd be real happy if we had 200 people. Um, but you know, who knows? It might be 300 again. I don't, I don't know. It'll, it'll, we'll see how it shakes out. Um, but I, um, I, I'm, I'm very, very happy and proud to be hosting those events and, um, you know, being able to do them, uh, year after year is something that, uh, is really exciting for, for me and for Lockyer Lag, our local group who, who I couldn't, you know, it's not, I say I host it, we host it, right? Like, yeah. uh, I, I, there's only so much that I can physically do. My guys are, are, I mean, rock stars, like rock stars. Um, I could spend the rest of the podcast just talking about how much they, <laughs> they 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 worked and they you know they they we we like cleared a bunch of land we you know did all this stuff we set up tents we you know i mean it was it was a it was a, a herculean effort from a lot of people um in the group and um and then hosting the event itself they're they're doing the check-in desk they're cooking for everybody they're cleaning up for after everybody there i mean it was just it was amazing we took on like a uh a uh, motto like we we started calling ourselves lockier last right we we ate last we we fought last you know we slept last we you know we yeah. did all the things because we made sure everybody else went first and then it was lockier last right like we were we were just doing it after everybody else like make sure all the guests were there all the attendants were there all the all the stuff and then okay cool now it's time for us to eat or oh now it's time for us to sit down or now it's time for us to have fun like everyone else needed to be taken care of first. Right. And, um, and the guys to just be that like selfless and be that, like, um, I, I've never been so more, more proud of a, a group that I, I help run than, than this. Like I've, you know, I've coached a bunch of different teams and I've, I've done different stuff, but like, I've never been more proud of a, of a group of guys that I've, I've had the, the honor to, um, to kind of lead and coach, um, than I was at Lack Your Lag at our, um, at our all event. I mean, they just, they were, they were incredible. Um, and, and, and it was, it was stuff was happening without me like directly being like someone would come to me with a problem and I would turn to like delegate or like, Hey, can you help me? And people were already like gone, you know, like the guys in bold hoods were just like, man, they were everywhere. It was, it was, it was incredible. It was, uh, it was incredible. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, anyone that's listened to the episode before we've, as I said, we've covered a lot of hunting stuff with Sarah, so mm -hmm. which is your other passion. But there was a question I found that I never got around to asking Sarah, so it's probably sure. worth asking you. Yeah. So you guys are very particular about what you eat, which is why you farm yes. and hunt. Um, yes. So I wondered how you deal with that being on the road so often. So it's... Um... <laughs> Complicated answer or complicated question, complicated or simple question, complicated answer, right? Um, yeah. So as much as possible, we do try to bring food with us. Um, but when we're going for longer, longer trips or longer, whatever, that's not a thing mm. that we can do. So you kind of go with good, better, best, right? Like um, obviously best case is we're eating stuff that we grow ourselves, farm ourselves, hunt ourselves, prepare ourselves. Um when we can't do that, we're trying to like, all right, well, if we're, that's not the best, then we try to do better, right? We're trying to find local grocers or farm markets or, you know, organic type, you know, natural uh, stuff Yeah, where we can. Uh, if we can't do that, then it's, you know, then we do good and we just try to get the most unprocessed and the most, the, the you know, we try to get the best 
available, right? And now it doesn't always work. So like traveling sometimes is necessary evils, right? You're trying to um, choose the, the least bad option. Um, but we, it, it, we definitely go the hard way more often than not because it's like, all right, well, we're only gone for a night. We can pack food. Or we're only gone for you know two days. If let's go to a Whole Food and let's make sure that what the hotel has a has a, a kitchen or you know what I mean. And then if not that, mm. then all right. Well, we know this restaurant or this grocer or this whatever has cleaner food or cleaner whatever. So it's um it's a struggle sometimes. It makes it a little more complicated, but it's worth it. You know, you only get one body, so what you put into it is important you know I, I can't remember the last time i've gone through like a drive-through or something like that you know what i mean like it's just that's not something that we do um and it's it's definitely makes things less convenient but um i think it's it's a better thing to do overall for us you know it's not not right for everybody but that's a that's a decision we've made for for us and for our family yeah how does cash take the food you give him is he happy to eat whatever you throw at him um, so he's pretty selective, but like he eats amazing. Uh, he eats yeah. like almost a pound of ground beef a day. So every single day we like, and now we've offered him all kinds of stuff, right? We've also offered him chicken and steak and, you know, lamb shanks and whatever, whatever we're deer, whatever we're eating, we, we offer him. Uh, but he yeah. really likes ground beef. Um, so, and we happen to have a farm where we produce ground beef. So it works out really well because we know it's the healthiest stuff in the world for him. But like he uh, recently has developed a, uh, a a love of blueberries. So he will take, you know, he's got this little bowl and um, that's the that's his blueberry bowl, which is funny because uh, if we give him blueberries in another bowl, he will he will transfer them into his blueberry bowl. And then he'll, you know, he'll sit down and he grabs one, you know, and he'll look at it and then eat it and you know, he eats them and then uh, he'll bring it back up to you and he knows that the blueberries are in the fridge. So he'll, he'll like, you know, he'll take you over to the fridge sometimes. He's like, Hey, you know, he's telling us blueberries, blueberries. So we give him some more blueberries and then he'll go and sit down and eat however much that, that takes and then brings back. So like, um, and like, you know, he, we try to, we try to always offer him like options, right? We're giving him eggs. We're giving him beef. We're giving him fruit. We're giving him, you know, whatever we can. And we we do the same with us. Like, you know, it's the, mm -hmm. it's the healthiest option of all times. It's organic. It's natural. It's unprocessed. It's whatever. But like, he's, he is, uh, really easier on us than than we we probably deserve <laughs> like he that you know he just change. goes he just, yeah oh i'm sure it will yeah. i'm sure it will yeah. and i'm sure you know he'll he'll have his own food journeys just like sarah and i did but like right now yeah. he's i mean he what we eat he eats you know what i mean like we just make sure that he's always got you know meat and berries and meat and fruit and you know he eats he eats bananas and apples and you know what i mean like he he loves broccoli like well, when we go over to my parents house um my my parents make broccoli a lot and like um he'll he'll like peek peek his head up over the table and like just reach up and grab broccoli off people's <laughs> plates and smash it and like we give him his own little plate but he doesn't want those he wants you know he'll he knows that my uh my my dad is a uh, you know, my dad is no longer the scary father that I grew up with. He's a full-time grandpa. You know, he's an old guy yeah. trying to get into heaven now. Um, you know, Grampy, Grampy is a soft touch. So Cass just like pushes him, you know, climbs up on his lap and he'll just eat all his 
whatever, whatever off that plate, right? If my dad's got cheese, he's eating the cheese. If he's got broccoli, he's eating the broccoli. If it's, you know, whatever it is. Um, Tastes better if you steal it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it definitely does. He's, uh, <laughs> you know, he's, he's big like me and mean like Sarah. So it's, uh, it, you know, he works, works out. <laughs> the the crime i think uh tastes 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 better to him so uh yeah he uh yeah he just he, he bullies people and steals their food but it's you know we just try to include him in whatever we're doing and like he travels with us he you know he lived you know he he's he's constantly we're very fortunate and very i'm very thankful for the fact that cash has never been around with someone or not surrounded by people that love him whether that is my, you know, my family, Sarah's family, um, you know, obviously me and her or like our friends or, you know, people who um, we've got a, a friend who's actually part of Yamsborg who comes on the road with us when my parents can't, when my dad can't come with us. Um, our, um, uh, our, Sarah likes to call her our Viking nanny. Uh, will come she'll travel with us because she's she's self-employed right she's a full-time viking seamstress she's amazing by the way uh quick shout out is bootlander clothing she every every stitch of viking clothing that sarah and i wear is made by her at bootlander clothing um but she's also our our like viking nanny right and cash loves his auntie jj so like uh, <laughs> so like she'll she'll travel she can travel with us so she goes wherever we go where my, you know, when I, if I can't bring my dad, um, you know, we bring JJ and, and she's able to help us with cash. And, um, you know, so Sarah and I can go wrestle, we can fight, we can do whatever we're doing. Um, but it's, it's a really fortunate and I'm very thankful for the fact that we're able to keep him with us so much, you know, we're, and, and as he gets older, it'll just continue. Like we'll be homeschooling him and we'll be, you know, traveling with him and we'll be, you know, doing all the things, uh, to, to keep the family together. That's something that's very, very important to me and Sarah. Like it's, it's hmm. kind of we, like when we restructured our lives to be Vikings, we're restructuring our lives to be, you know, active parents and keep him in our life. And yeah. we'll be, you know, we're, we're already starting, like, you know, he's only, he's about to be three in February. So it's not really like official school, but like, you know, we're, we're trying to like, yeah. do research into homeschooling and try trying to figure out like, oh, well, you know, learning these different things or how we're teaching him or, you know, doing all this stuff. Um, and like both my parents, my sisters um, homeschool their kids. Uh, two out of three of my uh, sisters, um, my younger sister doesn't have kids of her own. Uh, so, she, uh, but like my two older sisters, um, they homeschool their kids. So we've got like that support system of like, you know, how to do it. And like, they both do it very yeah. differently, but it, it works for them. So it's, um, it's a... It, that whole takes a village thing is uh, is very real for us. So we 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 have a, a wonderful support system that really really works, um, and very fortunate mm. for that. No, it's nice, and like you say, because you can spend so much time with Cash as well. You're never really away from him for for a long period of time because it is tough. I've I've traveled and been away, and I hate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's rough. Like just, when I yeah, if, if if I travel or if Sarah travels, like you know, one of us traveling without the other and you're you're away from like you're away from the family it's it's that's hard man that's really hard yeah yeah definitely so we've been chatting for an hour and a half i think you've got about another half an hour and you need to go out right uh actually i think we're getting pretty close to the getting pretty close yeah 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 so yeah, if you yeah. Guys, unfortunately, i was gonna say I well we're about yeah we're about 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 out of it but i i got a couple more minutes if there was uh i think you wanted to do a 
Uh, there are those questions that I ask yep. everybody. So should we run yep. through those real quick? Yeah, let's do let's do those and then uh, yeah, yeah. And I think then Sarah's, yeah, I'll let you Sarah's, get on. Uh, banging on me <laughs> on the on the door. Yeah. All right. So first one is if you had an unlimited budget, what would be your dream project? My dream project? Yeah. Oh, uh, Viking Village in the backyard. Absolutely. No, yeah. no questions whatsoever. I would hire people like David and, uh, you know, the guy who did, um, uh, the, the, the long haul in, 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 uh, Reba, Denmark. Yeah. Uh, and just yeah, no budget whatsoever. Yeah. I would have like yeah. a, you know, a 300, 300 foot long haul, you know what I mean? Like just a, a massive, massive place to, uh, to host Viking events. I would buy a big piece of property and I would host Viking events like every every couple months and you know three four times a year and uh, just be just just really you know have a full functioning Viking village where Sarah would probably live six out of six months out of the year, living eating <laughs> eating exclusively over fire and uh, you know yeah. that type of thing. Yeah. So next question, I probably don't need to ask you, but as I said, I ask everyone these. So, do you think you could survive on a Viking age diet? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I would, uh, it's actually something that, that we talk about if we're able to build that long haul, like we want to Sarah and I want to do like, uh, all right, we're going to spend a month out here and we're only gonna, you know, we'll, we'll, we might start with like a deer, you know, that we've hunted and then that's what we're going to do. And then we'll preserve that and then, you know, do it, try to do it, uh, like that little challenge for ourselves. So it's something that we, uh, we talk about a lot. Yeah. So following on from that is, is there any food you'd miss on a like an age diet? Mm, no, I mean, cause like for, for us, like I eat pretty much uh, like mostly animal based right now anyways. So my, I'm pretty much like yeah. meat and dairy and um, you know, uh, every once in a while, like, you know, uh, vegetable vegetables or stuff like that but i'm I'm not really big on eating vegetables or starches or, or grains or anything like that so it's um no yeah i mean i would probably eat more sheep than i do now if i was on a pure viking age diet because that they they definitely ate more more um more lamb and goat than they did beef so that would be a change but i lamb and goat is amazing so yeah i don't i don't think i would really uh really really be too much of a problem sarah and i kind of laugh sometimes because mm. we talk about how we're more we're more like viking age people than a lot of our viking reenactor friends because like we actually have a farm and we actually will butcher our own meat and we actually will yeah. do these things and then we go viking and go to an event and go fight and stuff like that <laughs> and then come home to the farm you know but it's yeah. it's because that was kind of like they were a very like agriculture um you know an agricultural society where, where farmland was really, really important. That's why they put up settlements in Ireland. That's why they put up settlements in England, you know, and because they, they, they wanted to farm. They wanted to work the land and provide for themselves and provide for their family. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm all for it, you know. We, we, would, we would need to milk, start milking some goats and not just milking the, the cows. But, yeah, let's, let's go. <laughs> all right, next question is, what's the weirdest thing in your kitchen? Well, I think when Sarah did your podcast, we had just she was she was cooking beef tongue and oxtail. I think. Yeah, yeah, um, that was her answer. Was tongue? 
Yeah. So, I mean, we've always got an assortment of um, uh, organ meats, you know, which is weird to a lot of people and normal to a lot of people, other people. So like Mm. that would probably be like the weirdest food stuff in our kitchen at any one time, um, unless we have some kind of, you know, bones or something that's kind of drying out for uh, stuff, then then it's kind of weird. But uh, I don't know. It's not weird to me, but it's uh, <laughs> it's it's definitely weird to a lot of people. So, yeah, usually usually some type of organs, um, you know, our 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 uh, right now we've got uh, several pounds of, of beef liver that's thawing out. Oh, actually, and um, and a bear, a bear roast. Sarah's going to make a bear roast tonight. So there's a there's a bear roast defrosting in the um, uh, black bear uh, defrosting in the in the sink right now. So something I would like to weird. try. We don't get it here, dude. It is. Uh, if you um, if we have any left, we will for sure. If you if you come and visit, I'll I'll make sure to to do that. It tastes like sweet beef. We got our bear. Um, both of us uh, when we shot our bears, it was right at right after the summer, so they had just come off like. Uh, a spring and early summer of eating berries, blackberries, blueberries, all that stuff. So their, their fat was actually tinted a little pink or a little uh, like purple, purple and blue yeah. uh, from all the berry, the berries they were eating. It, it tastes like sweet beef because it's really fatty and really rich, but there's mm. a sweetness to it. That's not in beef. It's uh, it's incredible. It's incredible. So next question is what's the worst food you've ever had? Or drink. Uh, Some people go for drink. Uh, no. So the worst thing I ever had was was a surprise. It wasn't. It wasn't that it was necessarily so bad, but it was because it's not what I thought it was. Um, a yeah. buddy of mine gave me um, what uh, uh, when I was in Japan, I stopped at a convenience store. Um, I was I was uh, about to take a train, and I stopped at a little Lawson convenience store. And I grabbed what I thought was a, like a rice and salmon thing. Um, mm. You know, we, I've been in going into those convenience stores the whole time I was in Japan and it was a, um, an eel or an octopus thing. And I wasn't prepared for that taste when I'm not really a fan of, of octopus anyways, or, or eel. Um, I'll eat it, but it's not my favorite. And I was expecting salmon and I, so I took like a big bite and I got kind of this weird sensation. Uh, and I, and I, it was one of the first times ever, like I spit out what I was eating and I was like, oh man. And I, and I saw it and I was like, you know, cause obviously the, the thing wasn't in, um, you know, I, I just, I just grabbed the wrong one. And uh, I was, I was thoroughly grossed out cause I was not prepared for that. Um, and, but I was in Japan, so I was very polite about it. I like went to the corner and I was like, you know, and <laughs> saw it and then threw it away. You know, I didn't want to offend anybody, but I, um, yeah, I was not, was not, uh, not prepared for octopus <laughs> at that point. I was, I was expecting salmon and my brain like short circuited. I was like, Oh, whoa, what was that? <laughs> yeah. That was that, that for me so far is the, uh, is the grossest. Now you probably have a better grossest story than I do. Oh, how long you got? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I imagine you've, I you've done like the fermented shark and stuff like that. Yeah, that's not as bad as people say. Surströmming is terrible. That's the one in the can yeah. that's fermented in the can. Sure. Um, tripe I struggle with. Tripe, really? The, okay. Yeah, texture thing. Oh, um, okay. So I like, uh, man, like haggis, tripe, all that stuff. Man, I love it. 
Raw, what about raw eggs? You do raw eggs. I, I did yep. that recently. And yep. as soon as yep. it hit the back of my throat, it came straight back up. <laughs> no, yeah, no problem. Couldn't get yeah, that. The smell put, is horrible. Put, yeah, you can put four or five, four or five uh, raw eggs, like Rocky, you know, in a in a cup. I'll yeah. drink them, no problem. Yeah, no problem at all. Automatic reflux for me. As soon as it hit my throat. Oh, uh, yeah. Yep. That's <laughs> that's what happened to me with the octopus. I was just like, oh, oh my God. Didn't, wasn't prepared. Wasn't prepared. All right, so there's two more questions left, and I don't want right. to take up too much of your time. So what's the most memorable meal you've ever had? Um, man, that's a... Uh... So there's one that's memorable for the food that I ate. Um, and again, this was in Japan. Uh, we went to a, uh, it was me and I don't know, six or seven wrestlers. And they, uh, one of the sponsors took us out to a restaurant, um, that was famous for horse. Um, and it was something I had never eaten before and they served, it was like a multi-course di uh, dinner with like a bunch of small yeah. plates and it was all a bunch of different types of horse meat. So there was like horse sashimi and there was horse like thin cut shaved, shaved horse, like cooked and served over a salad. There was a horse steak, which is probably in the top two or three steaks or steaks that I've ever eaten in my entire life. Um, it was incredible. Um, it was, it was um, just a amazing, I didn't know what, what I was expecting. I didn't know what horse was going to taste like. Um, I knew that we typically in America don't eat horse. So yeah. it was kind of a taboo thing too, but it was a very traditional uh, restaurant. It was a very traditional meal. Um, and it was cool because like it was a bunch of American wrestlers who had never eaten horse before. I think there was one guy there who who had done it before. So he was kept like looking at us like, are you going to be weirded out? You're going to be weirded out. Um, but it was, it was amazing. It was, it was, it tasted really, really good. It was, and like I said, it was like probably the top two or three, um, uh, mm. meals that are steaks, steaks that I've ever had in my entire life. And steak is my favorite food. And then the other like most memorable meal that I've ever had was the very first time that I served a venison that I had harvested. Um, I, I was a late onset hunter. I did not grow up hunting. My parents or family didn't hunt. Um, I went hunting for the first time uh, after Sarah and I got married, um, like the like a couple days later, right? Like we got married on December 21st on Christmas Eve. Uh, her parent or on like the December 23rd, I think her parents gifted me a crossbow um, and we went out and hunted like on Christmas Eve. Uh, I didn't mm. see anything other than some squirrels. But um, the, the next hunting season around, I, I was able to take, um, harvested a buck and I, um, we, you know, field dressed him my, uh, ourselves. I, you know, took the back straps um, and I uh, took the back straps and, and cooked them. And we actually served dinner for, for Sarah and my parents, they had come over and, um, it was that like, cause before I went hunting, I didn't know how I'd feel about it. Right. Like I was so disconnected to my food. Meat came from the yeah. store. It didn't come from me. You know, this was sure. the first animal that I had harvested myself. I, you know, I, I drug it out of the woods myself. I, you know, we butchered it. We, you know, we did all the things and like, I didn't know how I was going to feel about it emotionally. 
But when mm. I served it for dinner, it came full circle. And I was like, this was a beautiful thing. And like, it was a, a really powerful moment that I'll never forget because I, I was, I have never been so proud as putting a meal on the table as I did that first time, because it was, it was, like I said, it was my very first deer. It was my very first thing that I had cooked from meat that I had harvested myself. And I was able yeah. to serve it to family. And, and, and I was able to kind of like, kind of take that full circle moment in and it changed my life because, uh, you know, we continued to hunt and then now we're, we're in a farm and now we're, we're, we're kind of, um, doing that with every meal, right? Like most of the things we eat here come directly from our farm. You know, it's, it's very rare that we're eating something here that don't come from our farm. Um, uh, so it's, it's, it, like, I think that meal changed my life. And I think backstrap is very underrated. I think it's one of the best cuts of meat you can get. from. No, it's oh. oh, it's incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. And I didn't do anything mm. fancy. I literally didn't like, I, I, it, I, I cut it into medallions and I pan fried it in butter and salt and pepper. Yeah. That's it. Like yeah. that, that's it. Like nothing totally crazy. <laughs> yeah. Nothing crazy. Yeah. And, um, you know, I didn't add nothing, you know, I think we served like mashed potatoes with it or something. You know what I mean? It was nothing like, it wasn't like a fancy meal. It wasn't this big extravagant thing. It was just backstrap and butt cooked in butter and yeah, you know, the people that I love. So it was, uh, yeah, yeah that, but like I said, that, that meal and harvesting my own meat and serving it to my family changed my life. So that, that is my most memorable meal. Awesome. Right, so one last question. So um, you've died and your relatives are preparing your grave goods. What food and drink do you get to take to feast in Valhalla? Uh, steak and room temperature water. That's maybe maybe an espresso coffee. Uh, that's about yeah. it. I'm straight edge, so I don't, I don't drink. Sure. Uh, but yeah. I, everybody that knows me really well knows that I don't drink cold water. I, I do not like ice water. Um, yeah. it's, it's room temperature or it's nothing. Uh, if I, if I'm given a cold water and I'm not like really, really thirsty, I will, I will just let it cool down or let it, you know, warm, warm up yeah. before I drink. Yeah. I just don't, I don't prefer, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I, it's been like way my whole life. I just don't like it. Um, yeah. or, or maybe, maybe like black coffee. Uh, if you know, that's what I, that's what I've been drinking out of. Right. Uh, <laughs> I've got, a. uh, um, uh, we got, we got ourselves an, uh, an espresso maker for Christmas. So I've been enjoying espresso um but it's uh yeah black coffee black coffee room temperature water and steak that's uh that's me awesome. that's uh, yeah. that's the i'm i'm happy i don't i don't need anything fancier than that every once in a while if you want to put some cream on the coffee that's great especially if it's raw cream from a from a cow that you know comes from your farm uh, that's uh that's about the best you can get yeah awesome <laughs> so is there anywhere people can follow you online or anything you want people to check out social media, anything like that? Um, yeah. So, uh, it's Eric underscore WWE at Inst on Instagram. Uh, I, it's also on Twitter too, but I would be honest. I, I would be lying to you if I said I've, I've signed into my Twitter in the last probably three, three to six months. I, I oftentimes forget that I have it. Um, but I, I put wrestling content. I put Viking, Viking reenactment content up on Eric underscore WWE. 
um, my one of my uh, Vikings, uh, his name's Steven. He is the webmaster for our Viking group, Lock Ear Lag. I know it's at Lock Ear Lag. Um, yeah. Uh, that's where all of our Viking stuff goes online. And there's a Facebook group, I think, uh, Lake Erie Vikings. Um, and we put up content, you know, we're, we're constantly every week putting up content of training, of crafting, of fighting, of whatever. Um, but it's, it's lock your lag on Instagram is the easiest accessible one. Um, and, and that's the same thing. We're putting up stuff all the time. It's, it's, it's going up. So if you want to see Vikings, you want to see Viking reenactment, I'm, I'm, at lock your lag if you want to see pro wrestling it's uh eric underscore wwe um awesome. I'll, I'll also put some farm and, and cash and you know viking stuff up on eric wwe but it's uh it's far more pro wrestling than it is uh vikings yeah well i'll pop some links under the video so that makes it easier for people to find you awesome yeah and i'm sure yeah. uh there's a lock your lag um youtube uh as we've been talking about it i know there's a lock your lag youtube and there's there's going to be more and more content going up there from viking events and stuff like that that we do i'll hunt it out and i'll get i'll pop a link underneath and i appreciate it i'll I, have a look I, I try i try to i you know you, we need to do so much uh social media and stuff like that for work that i try to yeah. kind of put my phone down as much as possible yeah so. that's fair yeah well thank well, you for your time i think we've run over by a bit yeah that's 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 how it happens when you're having good conversations greg thank you so much for having me on uh thank uh, you so much look forward to talking to you again and you and thank you everyone for listening or watching and i'll see you next time goodbye see ya if you enjoyed the show and want to hear more remember to like and subscribe and give the show a rating you can also help keep the show going by becoming a patreon where you'll get early access to all episodes or check out my range of merch on my store Links are in the episode description. Thanks for listening.